What's going on, Whisper Nation? You are joining us for week two's live Thursday night breakdown where we're going to be going over the Washington football team and the New York football giants, answering all of your fantasy relevant questions and giving our insights on the show. Let's get it going. Right here. That's right. As Austin said, we are talking the Thursday night football matchup, and we are so pumped to be doing so. Uh, this is going to be between the New York football giants, as, as Austin said, the Washington football team. But if you like that fresh fantasy football content and want more of it, consider subscribing over on the YouTube channel and giving this and other videos a like on your way in. That being said, welcome in. My name is Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. I am joined, as always, by Johnny Gametime Hicks, who you can find on Twitter at Johnny underscore Gametime. Johnny, how's it going, my brother? Oh, it's going great, dude. Week one is in the books. Had a pretty solid week one. I hope Whisper Nation did too. Hope you fellas did as well. Uh, and now we were talking prior show. It's just straight into week two. On to Cincinnati. You know, on to Cincinnati. We're doing the next thing. We're breaking down these next set of games already. And on Wild. to my other co-host, Austin Sear, who you can find on Twitter at Austin underscore R underscore Sear. Uh, I don't know about you, Austin, but it's, it was an up and down week one for me in fantasy matchups. How you doing, brother? Oh, man, up and down and all around. Five for seven in my league. I'm happy about that. Good That's winning good. percentage there with some strong performances. But the lowest weekly point total for our league of record. So that one just hurts on a mm. personal level. But otherwise, love in week one. Love the storylines that we saw. Love the development we see coming into week two. And there's plenty of time to write the season in our league of record for my squad. If there's time, and there's time for all of us. So you had a tough week one. Don't give up. Keep going. Do not give up is what Austin says, and we agree with that for never sure. Never going to give you up. Never going to jo- break you down. Johnny's never going to give up singing on this show, which is an unfortunate never. thing for our, for our views maybe, but I mean maybe some people love that. I don't I don't know. My uh, wife doesn't let me do it, so I got to do it on the show. Yeah, well, your work wife, me, doesn't want you to do it either, but uh, <laughs> oh, I guess we'll just rock with that as well. No, uh, all kidding aside, I just want to remind Whisper Nation that we are nothing without your support. I see all of you filing in here. Please hit that like and that subscribe. But if you're trying to help us build the community even further and you feel it upon yourself uh, to help us grow, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers. You can show support at the five and $10 levels and your patron benefits include access to our discord channels, entries to sports card giveaways, increased odds for winning a signed NFL Jersey from your favorite players and bonus fantasy content that is available only to our patrons. So once again, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers today and join the nation guys waivers just cleared for the first time this year. So that's, that's exciting stuff. I wanted to ask if either of you or both of you can remember your favorite waiver wire grab of all time, because uh, as I was writing the waiver wire article, I remembered one of mine, and I'll and I'll share that in a second. But Austin, yeah. I'll start with you. Your favorite waiver wire pickup of all time? I had to think about this. There's been a few, but I'm gonna go with Doug Baldwin in 2015. Mm, that, that was yeah, that was a good one. Week one, uh, week one of the playoffs in week 14, three touchdowns. And that Ooh. was going up against Chris Thomas's dominant squad. I know us in our league of record remember that year, the only player in our league of 11 years going to break 1,500 points with our scoring settings. Uh, he lost week one, though, because Doug Baldwin caught three tutties, and I picked him up off the waiver a few weeks before that. So Knocked go off the giant. David yeah. beat Goliath in that matchup because of Doug Baldwin, who was a David in, in his own right. You know, he was yeah. kind of a you know smaller guy, undersized, you know, counted out, but did – 
still did really great things with Russell Wilson. Love that pickup. Uh, Johnny, what about you? Your favorite waiver wire pickup of all time? It would have to be Joe Webb back in the day. I don't even know. Some people are like Joe Webb, who uh, he was a wide receiver, a quarterback that was a converted wide receiver for Minnesota championship week. Uh, I needed a play. I was down by like 14. And uh, so I picked him up off waivers because he like Minnesota's quarterback. I think it was Culpepper at the time or, or something like that got injured, couldn't play on the Monday night game. And so I ended up picking him up, playing him in my wide receiver spot and got those quarterback points. And your boy got 15 points on that night. Needed 14, won the championship. It was great. Greatest waiver wire pickup for me, for sure. Mine is one that I inevitably traded away because uh, that's course. just kind of that's kind of how I roll. I always pick guys up and trade right. them away. But I think my favorite waiver wire pickup of all time was a couple years ago in Patrick Mahomes. Patrick mm. Mahomes uh, off the waivers for about a little over fifty percent of my uh, FOB budget, and I just yeah, think blew that's, his wob. Yeah, that's just a situation where I I wanted to invest in a guy that you know really against the Chargers in that first week just lit it up and and looked pretty special. Ended up being special. Had to trade him away because, or I chose to trade him away. But either way, that Patrick Mahomes was my favorite waiver wire. Whisper Nation, who do you guys yeah, got? Exactly. Yeah. Let us know in the chat below. And of course, this is our Thursday night football matchup show. We will be answering your questions in here. Try to keep the questions specific to the game because we do have other shows throughout the week where we can answer your lineup questions. But even if they're not, we'll get them in the behind the scenes uh, as we see Silver Rapture in here asking questions. Management clock saying, what's up, guys? We will get to you guys in the behind the scenes section of the show after we get through this matchup. And without further ado, let's start getting into that matchup. We have the Washington football team hosting the New York football giants in Washington, DC. The over under is 41 points here with Washington favored by three at home. Austin, I guess the biggest storyline coming out of New York is Saquon. And I'm just going to ask you if it's time to panic. I know we don't really advise panicking after week one and your stud in week one, but Saquon feels like a different story when we ask off if we're panicking or not. Yeah, it's a fair question, you know, with a 10 carry week one start for just 26 yards one for three on receptions for just one yard i rewatched every play he was involved on earlier this morning travis and i'm really not that concerned cutting to the summary of it i mean breaking it down here a little bit that first five yard carry he had straight up the middle wasn't spectacular but he ran pretty strong hit the hole moved the pile and fell forward um and then that fall down on the screen on this uh, fall down on the screen pass in the second was a little embarrassing but i'm not concerned by it it looks like he just slipped and then he had some really good plays on third and two 11 24 into the third he hit that pile and moved everybody over the first down line plus two yards after that um he showed some questionable decision making though and a little bit of hesitation travis you saw him avoid a sweep on the outside and instead try to take it uh, in between two defenders where he was stopped nearly immediately but when i'm looking at his whole game from week one i see a pretty strong body i see some pretty aggressive cuts but I do see a guy who's hesitating a little bit and maybe isn't fully conditioned yet. Um, so am I concerned about him? No, I'm, I'm not really concerned given that he wasn't 100% coming into the year, uh, at least not 100% from a conditioning perspective, even if he was 100% health-wise, which is a real question mark. I think the week one 
performance was actually a decent week regarding his trajectory. And he could be a good trade target, Travis, if you do have other members in your league who have him and they are panicking. I'm a little bit more excited to see what Saquon could be about the rest of the season. I saw some explosivity. Um, I saw some strength. And we know that he's really the only guy on the New York Football Giants uh, run back roster who can do anything. Yeah, I think it's more of a situation, uh, right, where it's like you're just happy he got out of there unscathed. We, you know, he got in there. He got his yeah. feet underneath him. He didn't get re-injured. He didn't aggravate anything. Um, so you're looking at that as, as a success story here. I wanted to talk a little bit about the pass catchers because we know Kenny Galladay got paid. He similar to Saquon, got out there, didn't seem to uh, aggravate anything. He was removed from the injury report heading into week one. He had six targets, caught four of them for 64 yards, and had a, had a really healthy 16-yard uh, 16, 16 yards per reception. He's now cleared 60 yards in his last three games played, including games played with Detroit last year. Um, I do think this is a nice spot for both New York Giant wide receivers if we're talking about Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard. I'll talk about Shepard in a second, but Washington just gave up 17 catches and 182 total yards and a score to both Keenan Allen and Big Mike Williams last week. So I like this for the Giants. They're going to be dogs in this game. They're going to have to throw. And then if you look at Sterling Shepard, he was the best wide receiver for the Giants last week, led the team in targets with nine, caught seven of them for 113 yards and a touchdown. We saw late in the preseason beat writers saying that Sterling Shepard could surprise people as the best wide receiver on the Giants, or at least the one that leads them in catches. Um, his 113 receiving yards, that was sixth among wide receivers for week one. I think Kenny Galladay is probably likely the alpha this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sterling Shepard is a 1B on most weeks uh, just because of his ability to run a lot of different routes, his ability to get open, and he's actually got more familiarity with Daniel Jones than Kenny D, Kenny G at least to start. Johnny, speaking of Daniel Jones, any interest in Daniel Jones or even Evan Ingram who might be coming back from interest? We'll just kind of play housekeeping here on the rest of the Giants offense. Not unless you're in like a two QB lead in a league. And even then it's still going to be dicey. You're going to hope that maybe he can get a little bit of his rushing ability going. If you have to start him. Uh, I, I'm not looking forward to this matchup at all. Washington football team, really good defense, especially that front line uh, going against uh, a New York giants offensive line. That is not terrific. I don't know. Do you guys see that? Do you guys see that? Uh, that oh wait was it could have been Atlanta never mind I thought there was I, I thought I remember seeing a, a, a meme or something where the offensive lineman was like block, blocking his own player well that was the Giants yeah it was uh, the it was the Giants. I thought, yeah I thought, yeah yeah, it was like, definitely a, a fallout from the Giants game. And and they were, you know, they're one of the bottom ranked offensive lines. We knew that coming in. Yep. And they're going to face this Washington football team defensive front. That is nasty. Speaking of the Washington football team, want to start off with the offense over here, because as we know, Ryan Fitzpatrick went down to injury. And so we have to understand what that means for the rest of the offense. When I look and I start with maybe the most important fantasy question, because he was the highest drafted player for the Washington football team, and that's Antonio Gibson. Look, he's questionable. Uh, he has a shoulder issue going on, but he did practice in full this week ahead of the Thursday night matchup. And if we look at what happened here, I just I really think that we're OK with Gibson. A lot of people panicking right now in our DMs asking about trading him away or, or things of that nature. 88% um, of the team's running back touches in week one. He dominated running back targets as well. He got five compared to J.D. McKissick's one. Didn't have a fumble, uh, or he did have a fumble in that, that game, but we know what we have in Gibson. He's getting the workload we projected at least after one week. I know it's a short sample size, but I like what I saw. Giants got gashed last week for 163 scrimmage yards and a score from Denver back. So just wanted to say, you know, no need to – 
be concerned too much for Gibson here. But uh, Austin, as we look at McLaurin, who has flashed brilliance with other QBs before, do we think McLaurin will be more of the QB proof option here? Or are we slightly downgrading McLaurin with Fitzpatrick's injury? You know, I understand the urgency to downgrade him a little bit, given the Fitzpatrick narrative of this voluminous, over-the-top passing attack. But let's take a quick look at the numbers and steer away from the narrative just for a moment here. Terry McLaurin, in his two full seasons, coming into his third now, has played in 30 NFL regular season games to date. And Terry McLaurin has already caught at least one pass from six different signal callers uh, in that time. With Fitz down... Fitzpatrick down it's going to be Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke good thing for McLaurin and I quote the nice thing about that is I've played with both Taylor and Kyle now so taking a look at Kyle Allen first last season Terry McLaurin averaged with Kyle Allen behind center 12 targets seven catches 82 yards and half a touchdown that stats out to just under 1400 yards and eight and a half touchdowns in a 17 game season we take it back to last year that same trajectory would have yielded 1,312 yards, eight touchdowns, and 112 receptions on 192 targets, Travis. That is good enough to have him finish as the number four overall wide receiver, just ahead of DeAndre Hopkins and right behind Stephon Diggs. And in week one, Terry McLaurin didn't have one target before Fitzpatrick exited the game. Once Heineke came in and took over, McLaurin had four receptions for 62 yards. So I understand this narrative of the voluminous Fitzpatrick offense, but the numbers do suggest that not only is Terry McLaurin going to be just fine, he might even be better with Fitzpatrick out of the mix. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. We've And like I said, I think we've seen McLaurin just you know, show this brilliance and and high grades per PFF, even with dumpster fire at QB. So if Henneke mm-hmm. can just manage the game and do what he needs to do, there's no question that McLaurin's going to get open no matter what. Like, let's just get catchable targets over to him. Speaking of catchable targets, we would like that for Logan Thomas, who projects to be maybe another way that this team moves the ball. Right, Johnny? Yeah, I actually think this is a probably one of the biggest upgrades to any position uh, like uh, for any team would be this to Logan Thomas because he is going to get a little bit more bump and share because of who's coming in at quarterback. And when you look at what happened last night or yesterday, excuse me, he lined up on uh, as a wide receiver on 32% of or 32 snaps, 18 of which were from the slot. So we always talk about how we like our tight ends to, to wide, line up as wide receivers because they're getting out on routes. 93% route participation uh, during that game, which was second only to Terry McLaurin. So we always knew that he was going to be on the field. It was where are they going to use him on the field? And then again, with uh, Heineke, how do you say his name? Because I've heard everyone say it differently. I think it's Heineke, Heineke, but I'm not sure. It's Heineke, but his friends call him Heineke. Interesting. <laughs> Wait, I, is I, that I, confirmed, Austin? I, did, according to an NBC article. That okay, I was all right. Okay, all right. So we're going to call him. Well, no, I don't doubt it because we so, saw with Tyrod Taylor and Tyrod Taylor the, that dynamic. We've talked about this before, or Kamara yeah. and Kamara. Like, I just want to, like, it's definitely interesting. Right. You know, That's I why I was like, up, I was looking it up for pronunciation right before the show, and I came across conflicting reports. But here is an NBCSports.com article uh, written in February of this year, headlined Taylor. Heineke's friends still pronounce his name Heineke. Wow. All right. All right. So well, we well, wrong. I right. guess Let's if we pronounce it. it Heineke, we're his friends. That's what that yeah. means, right? Okay. So 
<laughs> so yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm yeah, going to tell sure. you, I'm going to tell you who's going to be one of his best friends, and that is going to be Logan Thomas. So I do think that before I wasn't too too significantly high on him because uh, Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. You know, we talked about that throughout the summer, but now that the quarterback change has come and I don't think there's a huge drop off between Fitzpatrick and Heineke. Uh, and so I think that Logan Thomas's potential buy low right now. He did, he did, of course, it's hard to say that, you know, he scored a touchdown. So it's like, Oh, but some people might not believe in this offense anymore. So you can go and acquire him. And I just want to point out giants gave up 62 yards last week to Noah Fant and that uh, Denver Broncos offense. We also know Teddy Bree doesn't generally use the tight end as much, so it could be a big game uh, for Logan Thomas this Thursday. So get that Slurpee out, Thirsty Thursday. Go ahead and plug him in. All right. Just want to thank everybody that came in here and watched the chat, uh, or watched the live show that's in the chat right now. We had Silver Rapture, Management Clock, Manuel Gomez. Uh, we're about to kick it to the behind-the-scenes section, answer some of these questions that are in the chat. So stick with us there. So I want to get into some of these questions, boys. We've got Silver Rapture came in here, says start Washington D versus New York Giants or Denver D versus Jacksonville. So just really quickly, Silver Rapture, if you ever want lineup advice, if you're stuck, you can head on over to the fantasywhispers.com. Our rankings are up there. It can help you decide between your lineup questions if you're in them. And of course, you can always follow us on all social media like you're doing right now, asking us questions. Uh, for me, we have Washington defense ranked as the number one defense this week on the site. But I actually think I'm siding with Denver here only because I think Washington with with Heineke with Heineke here uh, moving the ball versus a, a very conservative Teddy B who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I see Washington maybe giving the ball back to the Giants more likely than Denver giving the ball back to Jacksonville and hurting your defense another way. So more opportunities is what I'm banking on here. Uh, so I think I would roll with Denver's D, who we have ranked second in our rankings this week. Mm. Guys, do you have any conflicting thoughts on that or, or mean, just kind that, of logic that, with that one? That D line is going to eat Danny Dimes alive. Like, I'm starting him. But, I, I mean, I get what your point is. It, it I mean, that, li that I line mean, is terrible. So, yeah. Really I mean, they, they might not even <laughs> block. They might not even block at all. You know, I, I think I still like the Washington defense because I just see a little bit more volatility in this game. Now, if Urban Meyer, he's the wild card factor for me in this one because if he tries to get cute, if he starts trying to chuck it, if he starts trying to work in gadget players, all of a sudden that can blow up. A couple extra turnovers come down, and that's really good for your Denver defense. But I also see a world where that game is a little bit more conservative and it's a little bit slower going. But I think the Washington versus New York game has a higher chance of really the gears start turning. And I think the Giants are bad. I think Washington's better than we saw last week. And I think this is a good time for that defense to capitalize. But you really can't go wrong with either one of these situations. Good job on you for putting yourself in a position to have such two great options. Yeah, yeah good problem to have here. Manuel Gomez not having great problems Ooh. himself. Bro, I'm in such a difficult situation. He's out, Raheem. He's uh, out, Gus Edwards. He says, I only have Dalvin Cook. I mean, only. Dalvin's pretty great. Tyson Williams and Javante Williams. <laughs> Uh, here's the yeah. thing, man. I, and I'll just start before I toss this to you guys. 
Tyson Williams, it was inexplicable how the, the Ravens moved away from Tyson after he was their best player on offense in the first half. And then, you know, apparently he missed a block is what, you know, I've, I've read. And that's why they went to Latavius Murray, who just did not look as good at all. Um, but yeah, that's a situation where I'd probably be rolling out Dalvin and Tyson. Anybody, any other comments here on that? It is, like like you said, with the whole block, it was interesting that you saw down the stretch when they needed they needed to know what they had, right? Like Latavius Murray, they trusted. And so that's where it could get a little dicey where if games are starting to come to, you know, a close now he could pick it up and get better as he goes down the season, but it is a cause for concern for sure. Uh, if he's having a, a problem with pass protection, which is not unheard of. And Austin, like we're going to talk about bringing in guys that have made their careers on, staying on the field for pass protection, Devonta Freeman. Uh, and you're talking about uh, Le'Veon Bell and Latavius Murray. I mean, no Sean Moreno back in the day. Yeah. I mean, we're just talking about guys ahead of him on or behind him, I guess on the depth chart that have experience pass protecting in the NFL way more than he does. It's not as important of a position for the Baltimore Ravens, given Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. You don't need to have some speed demon halfback who can change the game. You got that in, in Lamar Jackson. You need Lamar Jackson to be able to do what he's able to do. That is a season-altering uh, role if you can have that on your team. So, no, you're totally right, Travis. You need to have pass blocking from your halfback. You obviously don't want to tip your cap um, to what you're going to do next. You need to have a well-balanced running back, but given Lamar Jackson is your QB, give me a pass blocker over uh, a middle-plus halfback. ML coming in here. Just want to thank you as well for joining us here in the behind the scenes yeah. portion of the show. I still think Latavius is the number one in Baltimore going forward. Guy is 31, but the wear and tear on his body is much younger, like a 26 year old. So maybe it's gonna getting be a, it's going to be they're both going to be used. It's not going to be a just a single guy. They will use all three of them. We knew that even with the rotation going in with Gus Bus and uh, and. Yeah, uh, I actually Bobby. think what we saw was. Basically, Tyson becoming the poor man's Dobbins and Latavius becoming the poor man's Gus Edwards. And we're, mm. we're, we're probably going to see more of that where Latavius gets more goal line work. Uh, and you're going to have, you know, Tyson did all right catching a couple passes there. They're not going to throw to the yeah. backs as much as we'd like, but he did all right. And he's going to be the electric playmaker for them. And remember, we weren't drafting Dobbins in a lot of cases because his ADP was so high based on a role that we just didn't see a lot of work for. Um, but. Tyson Williams, who you got off waiver, is going to be a guy you can spot start in good matchups. Austin Manuel asking here, do you think I trade Darren Waller for Kyler Murray or Kyler Murray for another running back? And Manuel has Dalvin Cook, Tyson Williams, and Javante Williams. Do you think I trade Darren Waller or Kyler Murray for another running back? I'm not. I would need to see a little bit more information on your league makeup and your and in this, the league you play in and all that kind of good stuff but no i don't think so because you're going to get a positional advantage in those two players darren waller at tight end and kyler murray at quarterback you might have the number one at both of those positions this season and that could be enough to carry you into the playoffs where anything can happen at that point especially when your two leads in kyler murray and darren waller are able to get you you know 20 points any week from darren waller and maybe 40 plus points with kyler murray i saw some comps saying lamar's legs and patrick mahomes's arms for kyler murray that might be a little excited but you understand where this trajectory is going we really haven't seen a player like a kyler murray since maybe michael vick i'm liking yeah. what he's about i would not trade him especially considering you got dalvin cook unless you got some really weird running back type situation we need to start like four of them or whatever you can just you can anchor 
running back that situation. Dalvin Cook is locked in for you there. Play the matchups. Check out the waiver wire. I would not go ahead and start trying to break down some of your five-star players right now just because you're feeling a little panic in your RB2 given the injury concerns you had. And Javante Williams actually was out touching Melvin. I know if, the, if you look at the box score, Melvin obviously had the mega long run. Uh, but Javante was actually, so it could be, we were predicting kind of second half is when Javante would potentially take over, but it could be a lot sooner than that. So just keep note of that. So it's not time to panic. You have enough uh, running back depth there to, to get you through for right now. Yeah, I just want to hammer home Austin, Johnny's point here. Austin, a, a few weeks back, a couple months back, you said, you know, strengthen your strengths. Don't go to try to strengthen your weaknesses. It looks like, you know, Manuel, you're going to have strengths in other categories than your RB2. So double down on those strengths. Don't be trying to go and sell the farm of your good players to try and just make up for that one weakness you have. You have positional advantages right now at QB and tight end. Keep those advantages and keep rocking your league at those points, you know, when you have that. Uh, ML saying he's agreeing with you, Johnny, on the Baltimore situation. Uh, do it 420 saying, hi, guys, how's it going? Uh, and Scott asking Austin if he's got a man crush on no Sean Moreno. It's more than a crush, bro. It's a it's, full-blown it's love. It's love. It's love. And no, we've I, got here. He, he is one of my favorite pickups of my all-time fantasy football uh, experience, and it was – Philly Chelsea, she was drafted alongside of me or just sitting back there. It was round 14. I asked the question, who should I pick up? And she was actually the one who's like, what do you think about no Sean Moreno? I'm like, well, Monty Ball's over there. And um, who was the other other running back for that Denver team with Peyton trash Manning? Can. A trash can. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, it was, no, it was, it was it Monty was, Ball uh... and it was um, – uh, shoot, one other guy who obviously we can't remember because he didn't do a whole bunch of work with that, but Nojan Moreno came out of nowhere, um, was the start week one Thursday night football, and then he was a back-end RB1 throughout the entire season. It was awesome. And but so, his, yeah, greatest, yeah. his greatest feat that year was the just an endless the stream of tears yeah. coming down uh, yeah, during the, the national anthem. That was so incredible. But I'm going to shed a tear here because this means we're done with the Thursday night football ball matchup show we appreciate all of you coming in here make sure you get part one and part two of the full matchup shows by subscribing anywhere you get your podcasts and if you have any further lineup questions make sure you're subscribed and tune in sunday mornings on youtube an hour and a half before kickoff and check out the fantasywhispers.com for our weekly uh rankings for johnny game time hicks for austin sear i'm big travi and we're the fantasy whispers we're out of here peace, peace. right here oh hey you made it to the end of the video. If you like what you saw, go ahead and hit subscribe. Make sure you hit that bell so you get notified anytime we drop new content or go live. And if you're still not told yet, check out one of these videos.